This is WCNY's The Capitol Press Room, and we're turning our focus to the enforcement of New York's vast array of labor laws and regulations, including overtime thresholds, minimum wage statutes, and more. To do all that, we're joined by Senate Labor Committee Chair Jessica Ramos, a Queens Democrat who carries legislation designed to beef up the enforcement capacity of the state labor department. Welcome back to the show, Senator. Thanks for having me. It's good to be back. It's good to have you. So for starters, can you put into context the importance of the enforcement work done by the State Department of Labor uh, on behalf of workers in New York? Well, I think there's a lot of reasons why enforcing our labor laws are really important. First and foremost, we don't pass labor laws just to pass labor laws. We want to make sure we are actually providing the top-notch, best possible employment for the workers in New York State. So in terms of worker protection, enforcing our labor laws is important. But I would argue that in terms of our economy, it's really important too. I think there is a role for labor laws in leveling the playing field for employers and making sure that it's the best actors in different industries that are able to grow and that are able to expand. We want to reward good behavior. Um, But then that, of course, means that the Department of Labor needs a stick in order to hold bad actors accountable. And well, unfortunately, we live in a state that has argued for austerity budgeting for a very, very long time. And that has meant for understaffed state agencies. And as labor chair, of course, I worry about the Department of Labor every day. I believe that the severe understaffing and austerity budgeting of the Department of Labor historically has meant that we don't have the number of inspectors that we need to actually go out to workplaces. We don't have the number of people to help process wage theft claims and certainly make sure that the settlements are actually paid out. So there's still a lot of work to do to make sure that we're helping our economy function in that way. So when you think of enforcement in the State Department of Labor, you see the issue right now is one of capacity and not of priorities? Oh, absolutely. Well, remember, our former governor had imparted a a, a hiring freeze across state agencies, including the DOL, despite knowing that in certain sectors there were severe labor violations going on, um, namely for farm workers, predating certainly my arrival here in Albany. It's correcting those injustices that I think will allow for us to improve and maintain high standards across workplaces. Well, you have legislation that would create a recurring revenue stream strictly for personnel used for enforcement. Do you feel confident, though, that if you carve out the money for that staff, that they're going to be used appropriately in a meaningful way? Well, I definitely trust that the DOL commissioner would staff our DOL in a way that ensures the agency is operating at its highest level of capacity. And I mean, as someone who meets with the Department of Labor and pays close attention to the way they do their work, I know for a fact that they want and need more workers. And Governor Hochul, to her credit, last year 
you know, lifted a hiring freeze. But of course, tier six is not very alluring to to many workers, unfortunately. So we still got to work on that tier six reform. However, we do want to make sure, of course, that the DOL has the ability to have money earmarked specifically for the purpose of enforcing these labor laws. More important than ever this year, because the minimum wage just went up. Yeah, you mentioned the minimum wage increase. There's also the change to the threshold for qualifying for overtime for farm workers. And we asked the Commissioner of Labor, Roberta Reardon, recently about uh, those changes and whether she anticipates a, uh, an increase in wage theft cases. And she said, no, she's not really anticipating anything. What about you? Do you think that there is going to be a bigger problem now as a result of these changes and maybe employers either being ignorant or willfully ignorant of what's their responsibility? David, I had to hire a retired DOL worker to work in my office in order to process wage theft claims as a means of constituent services. And, you know, obviously I I represent a district uh, all in Queens, mostly Latinos, lots of foreign-born neighbors who tend to be the most taken advantage of. So first of all, statistically, there is always more wage theft happening when the minimum wage goes up. And that's not just in New York State, uh, which we already know has a wage theft problem in the billions and billions and billions of dollars. Um, And it's actually why we've been so desperate to figure out the means to ensure that workers are able to retrieve that money. I mean, I inherited a bill called the Sweat Bill, uh, Securing Wages Earned Against Theft, just so workers actually have a court-mandated mechanism to get back the money that they're owed. So it's a huge problem in New York State, and I'm sure the DOL would do well with better and more resources, certainly with people who can go out and answer the questions and the claims that many workers are making, especially when we're seeing child labor spike across the country, right? And we should be perhaps a little more vigilant of our factories here in New York State, for example. So, I mean, there's there's always, I think, a lot for a Department of Labor to do. Um, and it's, I think, the front line, first and foremost, in making making sure that we are keeping people out of poverty. Well, before we move on, let me reintroduce you for listeners uh, just joining us. This is the Capitol Press Room, and we're speaking with Senate Labor Committee Chair Jessica Ramos, a Queens Democrat. So you mentioned the issue of wage theft and how much we're actually recouping every year in lost wages. A a Fiscal Policy Institute study from back in 2017 estimated that about a billion dollars in wage theft was happening each year. Uh, When speaking to uh, legislators back in 2020, I think Roberta Reardon, uh, again, the labor commissioner, estimated that uh, the state was recapping about $36 million a year during the Cuomo administration from 2011 to 2019. What do you see as the ceiling for wage theft uh, recouped uh, revenues in the future if there is additional staffing for the Department of Labor. I have to imagine you don't think we're going to get 
all of that money back, but what's a realistic increase? Our job is to get as close to zero as possible. I don't know how to specifically, you know, give you a number to answer your question, David, but I mean, our responsibility, I, I, I see wage theft as the biggest crime that happens that nobody ever talks about, really. And I think we've gotten to talk about it a little bit more, certainly as Democrats gained a supermajority in the state Senate. I think, you know, the dynamics of this issue particularly um, has has changed for the better here. Um, But ultimately, there are still too few workers who know to keep records. So even if they're not getting pay stubs, they might get paid in cash. They should be keeping every single communication, even if it's screenshots of text messages between them and their supervisor or the person who hired them for the job. There are still too few workers who know where to go to file a wage theft claim. And there are still too few workers who, even though they file a wage theft claim, don't actually get their money back because the DOL doesn't have the ability to enforce the law. Kudos to Attorney General Letitia James, who does a tremendous job, um, but she cannot do every single wage theft case. Um, She tends to, of course, focus on bigger uh, employers, bigger uh, class lawsuits and things like that. But every single worker who works should get paid for the hours of work that they have performed, because if, if they are not, that's called slavery. So you mentioned the attorney general's office and the uh, office was given power as part of uh, a chapter amendment that you guys are likely to move uh, this year dealing with the Freelance Isn't Free Act. There was a determination that the Department of Labor didn't really have the capacity to enforce that the way the AG's office might. Do you think that that is one of the issues where you know, giving the Department of Labor the resources to you know, do enforcement that something like the Freelancers and Free Act could come back under their domain. I never want to hear that line from that veto message ever again. We are not able to sign this bill into law because we're worried about enforcement. No, that should be taken out of the equation. When our quest, when our mission here is justice for workers, making sure that the law is written in a way that protects good employers and protects good workers, we shouldn't have to fear or, or, or feel that the understaffing of the DOL should be a hindrance to, to you know, the, the, the best expression of the spirit of the law. The Department of Labor has to be fully staffed in that, and then some. Do you think there's more that the legislature can do on this issue short of giving the department all the funding that it could ever need for staffing. Is there a benefit to calling them out more publicly in, say, public hearings or holding additional public hearings? Or I, I don't know. But do you think there is more for the legislature to do? You know, I think there is a lot for us to do in conjunction with the governor in making sure that these agencies are operating in their full capacity. Um, but I mean, ultimately, we're always trying to correct wrongs in markets. That's what we do as legislators. And I, I, I mean, I think that beyond being fully staffed, it's really about maintaining standards. And we just can't do that without a functioning agency um, and having the support of the governor. To me, when she lifted the hiring freeze for state agencies, that's what she communicated to me, right? What spoke to me was, oh, okay, here's a governor who understands that 
government works for the people, that these state agencies actually have to provide a service. She's lifting the hiring freeze. Great. But now we actually have to attract talent and retain talent. Um, and so certainly tier six continues to be at the top of many of our minds. But in the meantime, for all of the bills that, and, and all of the laws that the governor has signed, the bills that we have passed, we do need a functioning agency to enforce them so that they're just not words written on a piece of paper, but rather things that are going to uh, improve our economy as we move forward. Well, finally, the pandemic really highlighted the work that uh, local lawmakers and their offices do to help people interact with the State Department of Labor. So I'm curious whether you think that the department has kind of just grown accustomed to having a lot of their outreach and constituent work basically handled by lawmakers, things that theoretically should be in the purview of an executive agency. Well, I think we're, first of all, living in very interesting times, right? So, I, I mean, obviously, we all know that we came out of the pandemic. During the pandemic, at the at the height of the pandemic, we saw how um, workers from other agencies like the DMV were kind of uh, brought into the DOL to help process unemployment insurance claims. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, certainly in our offices, um, our, our district offices, we have uh, staff who works very diligently to help our neighbors with the employment issues that they might have. Um, but I, I, I think ultimately we are not, it, it, is, it is not the constituent services workers of my district office who get to decide whether a wage theft claim is approved or not. That's the function of state government. And one, but again, one thing is filing a claim and another very different thing is for that worker to get the money that they're owed. Um, and, and that's really where state government needs to step up and and why I'm introducing this bill, which, by the way, we worked on very closely with PEF, which is one of the unions that represents our state uh, employees, because they understand um, how important it would be, how transformative it would be if we actually enforced all of the laws on our books. Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there. We've been speaking with Senate Labor Committee Chair Jessica Ramos. She's a Queens Democrat. Senator, thanks for visiting us in the studio. All right. Till next time. Is your business, agency, or service interested in delivering your message to more than two dozen radio stations statewide carrying Capital Press Room? If so, visit capitalpressroom.org to contact our underwriting team.